0: Welcome to episode EF-16 of the Evolve Faster Podcast. I'm Scott Ely. This is a special episode this week we're going to have on Antonio Rosic, who is the guy that helps me out with the podcast. I've talked about him in the last two episodes. So this is just a casual interview format where we're going to talk about his part of the creative process, what brought him to being involved in this, and um, anything else that comes up. So welcome to the show, Antonio
1: yeah thank you. And I'm glad that I'm finally given a chance for my voice to be heard <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes i've i've had I've had full full command like an authoritarian regime um so why, why don't you start by telling us uh, just a little about your background, and how you got involved in the in the the podcast and, and did you think you were being punked when I told you I was actually coming to Serbia where you live?
1: Uh, (laughs) Well, I, I don't think I ever told you that, but like, so we, I think you already said that we met on Upwork. I was looking for work and you were looking for somebody to help you out with the articles.
0: Yeah. And just so people, just so, just so people know, Upwork is a, Upwork is an outsourcing website where you can hire people from anywhere around the world to help with anything from copywriting to website building and whatever. And I often hire people on there from all parts of the world, wh- whoever best fits the, the need. And I posted for uh, for needing some assistance with, with editing at the time. And that's where we met.
1: Yeah, yeah, Upwork is basically a gigantic library of people who don't wanna do like the regular jobs. So <laughs> right. you start you know, searching for there. But anyways, yeah, I don't think I ever told you this, but I remember clearly when I saw your uh, ad for the work, and it was the title was something like philosophical work, writing something. I'm not sure. And I was like 50/50. Am I gonna accept this or not? Because my uh, impression was, ah, this is some self-help. You need to write how the world is positive and everybody is happy and so on. <laughs> and I was really like thinking, ah, I'm gonna sign for this or not. And then yeah. So this is
0: so 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 this explains why you're resistant. Any time I want to have a a, an episode end in a positive light. Yeah
1: yeah yeah exactly. exactly. (laughs) It's not just like I'm you know everything needs to be dark and but you know what I'm talking about about all those. Let's go and be happy and everything is fine. But actually we are slowly dying inside or whatever, you know. (laughs) Right. But yeah, I decided to answer the call, and then what we started working on the first couple of episodes of what's now season one and yeah you already told about that but from my point of view it was like so much work and we finally ended up with something that we both like and yeah that's how it started i guess and it's been a joyful trip for the
0: last two and a half years i think it's hard to believe it's been that long hasn't it yeah 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 really it's only been online for six months for six
1: months yep
0: so uh, so at, at what point in the process did you realize that it was something that you were more interested in than simply, you know, just being an employee? Uh,
1: well, definitely the part when we came with this idea to for the episodes to be more like fiction than just, you know, some talking yeah, about that And that, and that was philosophy. an interesting
0: interesting twist because you had written some fiction and I had written some fiction in the past that I never really did anything with. But we never talked about it. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just kept, I kept um, pushing you to make the pieces that you were, you were writing more story-driven. Mm-hmm. And I think finally we, we like got not into an argument, but we were kind of like, well, instead of just trying to push these stories of other people's stories into making our point, maybe we should just make one up. And then I think you made up that one for a season, a draft of season 3 episode and we were like, hmm, this could be a whole new direction and it finally started to become something that felt unique.
1: Yeah, yeah, for me, because I enjoy writing fiction more than anything, I've been like creating fiction in one form or the other since I was around 11, something like that. I remember when I got my first camera with those like small VHS cassettes, tapes, you know? And we always mm-hmm. created movies and so on. So yeah, fiction was definitely is definitely still my favorite form of writing. So when we introduced that part in the Wolfaster podcast, that was when I was one hundred percent sure. Okay, I want to be part of this. You know, to that point, it was okay. This is fun, but eh, again, that that part is just somebody you know talking empty words because for me it's, uh, I, I actually o- often doubt this even now when we are creating new episodes I think we already talked about that in a way, um, you know that saying that somebody who didn't earn his first million dollars has no right to teach somebody else how to earn one million dollars, you know in right. the same way, mm-hmm. you know, all these episodes often have this topic of how to try and feel better about yourself and so on And at the same time, I consider myself a real mess, you know, (laughs) when it comes to certain (laughs) situations. So I had that moment of, should I be doing this? But when we started adding fiction, then it was more, okay, this is something that we are creating. You know, this is our creative freedom. Instead of telling people, okay, do step one, two, and three, and then you're going to be happy, and everything in your life is going to be perfect. Instead, it's this. Okay, we create the fiction, we create the story. And it's up to the listeners to decide what are they. Yeah, the, yeah. The, do the, with the it.
0: fiction definitely opened that up. I mean, I think it was it was never intended to be telling people what to think. It was mm-hmm. it was always presenting ideas from lots of different thinkers and integrating some of our own and leading them more to ask better questions instead of just you know think positive and you'll be fine type of thing. But the fiction did did change it did completely change it because it it allowed dialogues between people that had opposing viewpoints who were asking different questions from different perspectives and it left it much easier to to open the, these questions up for the listener to to decide and take the questions on from both perspectives so I, for, for me that that's how it that's how it changed it was never intended to be self help but it is interesting that that is one of the categories that on iTunes for example it it has ranked pretty well in self-help even though it's definitely a far cry from any kind of traditional self-help um and it and at first it didn't rank so well in philosophy but last month for example it it you know popped up to number eight in philosophy oh so i I, so i think ultimately that's that's probably the we've we've moved we've moved it around categories because it's it's hard to just put a, a specific uh, genre on this because of the fiction aspect, because of the TED talk-ish aspect of it, because of the fiction, because of the kind of Twilight Zone part, it's it's like it doesn't really fall into any one category easily, so, uh, but philosophy seems to, at least right now, may be the best category for it.
1: Yeah, I don't know, for me it's also just to wrap it up, uh, the fictional part, this is my personal thing, because again, because of my love for fiction. Like I think I'm more glad if somebody you know comes now and tells tells us oh that story that episode was great and I feel more let's call it satisfied when it's in this fictional form rather than if it was just the what you know was in the original
0: version right which were more which were more like kind of like fancy articles fancy articles
1: where I, I'm a copywriter and you know you can give me uh, one sentence and i'll create a whole page out of that one sentence it will be a whole article doesn't matter but the truth is that whole article is empty you know i can mm-hmm. easily turn five words into a thousand words no problem give me half an hour but those t- thousand words yeah you know it's just empty words there's no like Weight to it, you know, right. and I think yeah. if we also the didn't fiction introduce adds more the soul fiction, for sure, yeah, definitely. And 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 I personally can feel more proud of being part of this.
0: Yeah. So so uh, so while we're on this subject, let's dig right into like the episode where you had the most impact, which was episode EF twelve. So m- most, as I mentioned in a previous episode, all the kind of templates originally were were mine, and then a couple of them fell out, and this was one that we wrote it and. And Tony got pissed at me when I told him it was terrible, and then he realized it was terrible, and we we threw it out entirely. And then you came back to me with this idea about the video game aspect. And so, why don't you tell your from your perspective uh, how that story came about, and then just how how, to, how we how we played out and turned it into something?
1: For me, video games are same as movies. Paintings, it's also a certain form of art, you know. You have 90% that's crap, but then you also have these 10% that's really, you can't say, but nothing else, but that it's pure art. No matter if it's in the storytelling part, if it's in the interactive part where you are the part of the story. And somebody needs to create that story, you know, Mm -hmm. in some games. There are like tons of games that have that element. And also there are a lot of games that simply in their gameplay have certain message. Actually, I I don't know if you even noticed, but in that episode there are a couple of Easter eggs I planted... That if somebody plays like games, is it, you don't have to be like a hardcore. You know, you play every day. Yeah, we did uh, talk about these. Yeah, we talk, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you like you you know something about video games, you might notice some of the notice some of the things that I I think I put them without your notice. I took oh yeah liberty. yeah, I, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't
0: have noticed, but but you did tell me if you did it.
1: Yeah yeah. So just to yeah to back, come back to it. I simply thought that video games, the first element is that, that I believe it's also a certain form of art from which you can get something. And the second part is it simply serves as a good metaphor,
0: you know? Yeah, and, that, and, that's, and that's what sold it to me because the, the, the original template I had, the, the core part that had to be in it in any rewrite or, or the original was this aspect of embracing failure. Um, and that you to to me that's where Like, if if it hadn't had that I probably would have not wanted to do an episode with video games just because I'm not interested in them or know anything but because it was really such a a perfect fit for the metaphor I wanted to go for I I was willing to you know try it out
1: Uh, to me I still remember finalizing that episode and you were asking me about (laughs) what games work as a metaphor or something and then we like went through like i don't know super mario fallout right and rpg games elder scroll and so on and that was really like that was really a fun moment for me and that we were oh, okay i'm trying to we were trying to find the middle ground when it comes to video games you know to use them as a but i think we, we, didn't... we,
0: we were trying to find any ground that i understood yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we had to go we had to dig way back into i, I even brought up some just for fun some uh atari games and you know, original Super Mario and, and so forth, and you basically schooled me on the fact that none of the interesting gaming started in, until, I think you said, the RPG games, which I still don't know much about. So, actually, mm-hmm. just, to, just to set the stage for people who don't really know gaming like like myself, you, you explained to me when we were... I brought up Fortnite, for example, because mm-hmm. that's in everyone's consciousness right now. It's, you know, there's a lot of articles out there where parents are concerned, trying to figure out should they be allowing their kids to play these games because in a lot of ways this is how they socialize now and i have i have nieces and nephews that are of this age and all the kids in in america at least are are playing this one particular game you know i know they're spending i mean i, I bought my nephew a 50 dollar gift card and he immediately blew it all on these like like skins like just an outfit for his character and it's it's hard to it's hard to grasp with someone who's not into gaming at all why you would want to do that, but but so so how so how does something like Fortnite break in the in the kind of part that we were trying to tap into with video games, with which is the challenge to the to the uh, to the player? Because the, the the creativity behind the game, I can totally see that creating the game, creating the gameplay, creating the costumes, creating the you know all of that is very creative. But from that user's end, you kind of describe that there's this this changing continuum of you know, removing the actual challenge to the player. So maybe you can explain that a little bit.
1: Although there are, first of all, like, if somebody asks you about Fortnite, the first thing you're expected to say is that it sucks. (laughs) Same as... I don't know what was popular in '90s, like when Nirvana was highly popular, and then everybody was yeah, well, sure, yeah. yeah don't whatever, listen to Nirvana. Whatever,
0: whatever scares parents that their kids are doing exactly, something they shouldn't be exactly. doing, right? Yeah. So this is just that for the
1: 21st century, you know. First of all, but when it comes to the art topic and video games, there's actually much more interesting here. Part, uh, you have a lot of games that aren't multiplayer, online multiplayer, like Fortnite. And actually, the developers, you have all the, these, how would I call it, back-end, you know, back-end codes in the video mm-hmm. game. If you, for example, start dying too much, the game just makes it easier for you, but just slightly so you don't notice mm-hmm. it. There are all these, cr- it's really interesting to listen about that because if it's too hard, people will stop playing, you know? although in something the, easier. Yeah, yeah, although in the last, like, four years actually when we started creating this episode then that, that's when all these really interesting games came up and currently it's really popular especially in the indie sphere of video games to create creative and really really hard games but they aren't just hard you know you they, you need to make, think you need to you know have reflexes and so on so it's 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 like everything else from music movies there's the part that's mainstream And that everybody hates but the mainstream isn't necessarily bad Mm -hmm. like with fortnite and then there's this more indie part which is just because it's indie it's automatically cool but actually also indie has full of crap like everything but indie is the place where there's a higher chance that something new and creative will pop out because there's there isn't that much of that corporate limitations you know Mm -hmm. that you have but yeah, as I said, in terms of our what we did with this, you know, not giving up and so on, I definitely advise the people to play games like Getting Over It. This it's a crazy game that where it's a really simple. You're just climbing. You need to climb, and it's mm-hmm. really hard. And for the entire game, you have a guy, the developer actually of that game, who you know every five two minutes, he starts, his voice appears and he's providing some deep philosophical messages about <laughs> the meaning of life and trying hard. And it goes just perfectly with the gameplay because you're going to go
0: crazy when you play it because it's really hard. But yeah, that's so it. So it's, like, the, it's the Evolve Faster podcast of games?
1: Yep, yep, definitely. Except <laughs> that I don't think, th- I hope that nobody <laughs> even listening to the podcast will you know, come to that rage point where they just throw <laughs> right. their phone to the other side of the room or something. Because that happened to me with this game. But it's that good feeling of rage, you know. And then when you finally are able to overcome a specific level or anything, oh, it's a, it's it's the best feeling ever. <laughs> it really is. You know, you can always draw the line with anything right. in life.
0: With the, with the way we did the gaming... Um, how did you feel like the the episode turned out because i i when i did my rewrite i i added in the whole piece about crypto and i think i talked about that maybe in a previous episode or in a future one but the idea there was we, we had a missing we had a missing link in the episode as to how to attach it to what the premise of the episode was so how did you feel about that change and how i did the final rewrite kind of changing it to like a bit of a Robin Hood ending at the end.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's simple. To me, as the saying goes, story is the king, you know, and if something brings value to the story, then that's it. I, you know, I don't need to, there's no need for anybody to give an argument to counter it or whatever. To me, I remember when you presented that idea of cryptocurrency and everything around that in that episode, I won't say too much so we don't spoil to me, it was just instantly. I, I, I actually, I remember thinking, oh God, why didn't I, why didn't I
0: think of that? <laughs> yeah, I think you actually said that. It was that was one of those weird situations, which maybe it's not so weird. Maybe, uh, maybe it's just the creative collaboration process. But I had been wanting to do an episode about crypto, um, and I was actively trading some crypto just for fun at the time and i'd been toying with some ideas about what we could do with it and then when i read your episode it to me it was just like oh there's just this, this gaping hole and it needs this twist and it, it just it happened to be a, I, I think and at least in our opinion it was a it was a perfect twist for the story so perhaps luck but it, it, it worked out well yeah, I yeah, know definitely
1: that was the element that was missing specific in in my opinion specifically for the story uh, because when you as again I don't want to spoil anything but it was that part that because what I had was I thought it was good but it was good it wasn't uh, great you know yeah. and then that that was literally like the final piece of the puzzle that also made me sleep easier. Because we had it, you know?
0: You know when right. you... Yeah, when I, I, in, felt, I felt like we had it then too.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know that moment in your... In any, in any situation in life, when you don't have to think about it, you just know, okay, this is it. You don't have to, like, try to rationalize is this good or not. You don't need to convince yourself. You just know. And for me, that was that moment. We ha- had to, like, work more on it. It wasn't, like, 100% done. But... that was a good feeling in the overall life and so on when that when that just sat in its place so yeah
0: so uh so i guess let's move on to some other things so Mm -hmm. what what i answered for myself in the last episode about things that i love and hate about the podcast so what what do you consider the the hardest parts and which parts are uh the 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 most fun and and you hate being referred to as 20% of a man. <laughs> I never
1: said <laughs> that I hated it. That's your blatant lie because I never had the chance to speak until now. <laughs> right, right. right. But, the, but the thing I love is, of course, the creativity. The thing I hate is the lack of time. Yeah. And the I thing the that's same. most difficult is creativity. Yeah. And that's basically it. That's hilarious
0: because I I probably gave a very long winded answer that. Arrived at the same conclusions you just summed up in in two sentences. So either either <laughs> you cheated and listened to mine and just restated it better, or you happen to just be much more succinct at this moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I've been spending the last ten days just thinking how
0: to <laughs> shorten it. <laughs> yeah, again. but yeah, that 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 is that is the truth. Is it? it's it's the, it's the this creativity is the hardest part, but it's the most rewarding. So
1: mm-hmm. definitely, and to me, it's yeah. I mean, I still did it because. I still have like a full time job, so I can't focus, you know, 100% on the podcast. But yeah, the working on the fiction and everything, that's definitely something that is the hardest part. Of everything i did so far to be so you know that we need to meet the deadlines and so on but at the same time it's definitely the
0: so i've uh, so uh, this this is a good point so i've actually i answered this myself but i've never asked you so i described my creative process of difficulty especially when i was traveling around the world for season one to try to find mental space to get into and i Mm -hmm. kind of described how i did it and the fact that it I, I kinda need about a three hour block or I can't get there, especially when I'm doing a rewrite because I'm trying to take in this six to eight thousand words, figure out what's wrong with it, and then figure out how to fix it. And by the time I even get started, if I don't have at least three hours, um, and I, I turn the phone off, I put my I turn the Wi-Fi off, I listen to a single song over and over again. Uh, because it keeps my mind focused on this one single task. Do you have a creative process that helps you get into this kind of deep, creative flow spaces that are needed for this kind of work? Or, or how, do you, how do you go about it?
1: Well, to one extent, it's simply when you're... Like, I don't know, in the last five years, I probably write around 5,000 words every day, except the weekend. You That's know, a lot. the copywriting and
0: everything, yeah. And it's really it's practice for you you've you've got yeah so i i don't do that i i don't i don't have the opportunity to do that because my my regular job is not writing so i may be on the computer but i'm not writing so when i am writing i have to change mode mm,
1: but that's that's like for me that's only 50 percent of the because that abil- let's go ability let's call it ability is just for filling out the empty air, but there's the whole si- other side of the coin, and that's coming up with an idea, with mm-hmm. creativity and so on. But for me, I don't know. If you give me a like a premise for a story, I can write a short story. It won't be maybe the best, but it will be some first draft. You know, I, I honestly I don't remember when I when was the last time I had like a writer's block. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't happen, but the problem that I am having is the, and where I think my contribution to the podcast at this moment mostly suffers, is the lack of time and the deadlines with the job. I think we already talked about that, I don't know how it's for other people, maybe some people can relate to this, but being creative, you know, with all these deadlines and everything hanging over your head... It's really, you know, hard. And maybe that's a good training as well. I don't know. At least I'm trying to comfort myself (laughs) with that. Mm -hmm. Who knows, you know, what will come out of that. But yeah, if you give me, you know, give me a day where I don't have to do anything. I don't have, usually if I, let's imagine if I have the whole day for writing stories. Usually what I would do is start early as possible in the morning when I wake up write for a solid three or four hours, then simply take a walk, eat something, you know, for everything to kind of settle down. And then you just come back to it and then you rewrite it. But when I back when I had time to write my own stories, yeah, it was basically a single story per day if I would find those three or four hours.
0: So, so it probably helps because you, you described that if you have a story concept, you can write it much quicker. Yeah. So since since most of the episodes... I've come up with a pretty detailed template and then we've talked about it too. Mm -hmm. Um, That probably is a much better fire starter for you, where it it probably doesn't take as much deep work to get into that space. Mm,
1: Yeah, as I said, for me, I don't know if I have the space. Or maybe I'm in that space all the time, which I doubt. But you know, I don't have that feeling, okay, now I'm writing and now I'm not writing. And now mm-hmm. I'm, you know, doing whatever rest, what's left. For writing, it just became really... I won't say easy, but it is to extend. E- it's easy to write those empty stuff. But giving mm-hmm. it value is the next
0: level where, you know, you always aim something. So so, so no, no trucks though? No, uh, nothing like the things that I do to... No, to no, no, turn, with yeah. songs.
1: No, no. I mean, I would like to try, like, to take... A, you know, go to a hut or something, like
0: <laughs> maybe for a five days a retreat. A little thorough, yeah, a little thorough. Yeah, can, yeah, yeah. I mean, I who still, knows? So, I, yeah, I mean, it's I, I described. I think one of my isolation retreats, and I, I try to do one a year. and Now they're 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 a little different now. With with Stella, I will go to go to our, we have a house where we don't live all the time, like a rental house, and I'll go there when nobody's there for even just two or three days. And I will go with a specific, very focused project, and as much as possible, try to do nothing else. And it, it really is a it's a very big change because there's nothing else distracting you. Because I, I make I, I make very simple meals. It's all planned out in advance. I, I don't you know I do some other things like you know exercise, walks, play guitar, and things like that. But for the most part, it's it's focused on uh, on that one. Thing, whether that's Mm -hmm. you know you know final rewrites of three or four stories, or uh, a a a whole set of templates for a next season, or whatever it is that I'm working on, it could be even marketing materials and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you you should you should try it sometimes. Trust me, try it while you're single, because it's (laughs) you have a lot you have a lot more time that you don't realize you have right now before you have a kid, and it's very very worthwhile time when you have a kid. But it it does change the equation Mm
1: immensely yeah actually you see i never thought about that but yeah i never did something like that but i think we are both practically saying the same thing and i think everybody can relate to that the moment you have some distractions it's Mm -hmm. really hard to focus on something and i can definitely see the you know you know taking this two or three days doesn't matter and I and actually now I'm really interested into what would happen if I went to a hut in a forest for two or three days and just me nobody else and right
0: yeah you you should just you should just ask around because I one of the first times I did this I happened to mention to a friend of mine and he's like oh I've got this family house nobody ever uses it why don't you go go do it. So if you, if you asked around, you might have someone that just, it doesn't even have to be a hut in the woods. Like it, it can just be out. You just have to break your normal cycles. You know, you just break whatever you do normally take a few days off. You know, in in my case, having kids, I I have to negotiate something with, with Heidi. Like I'll, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to watch her for four days when I come home. If I can go take these three days and and do this, so you know, you, there's always ways to to kind of horse trade to get yourself the time you need. Um, unless, of course, you're in a full time job and you just can't take the time, then you may have to do it on a vacation or something.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Well, for me, it's that you know, with this. Luckily, I'm soon gonna quit. But at this moment, the full time job is yeah, you can't. And I can yeah. see like, I can imagine you you might want to learn how to play a guitar or sing or draw or whatever. But simply that, you know, the eight hour job is crushing you. And then it's, uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's all over and then you don't feel like doing anything. And then time ju- just keeps on passing by and it goes by and so on. And then 10 years later, you're 50 years old or whatever. And then you start wondering, yeah, what what happened with my life, you know? And it's like, okay, am I gonna do this now, or in ten years when I possibly also have a kid? No way, I'm gonna do that, you know. Then this is yeah, the it's, train I need to catch.
0: Yeah, it's 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 always a hard thing to do, and it it was impressive when you did it because I know it's hard to to break the the chain of income and and feel like you have to take on the take on the effort and everything, but it's it's you know change is almost always good and. Uh, I have another friend going through the same thing right now, and I hope she makes the same decision. Yeah. So.
1: I, I, have you ever started to break? But have you ever thought about that? If how many creative talents, in generally in the world, have been wasted because of that? I, I started thinking about Most, that probably, when we, yeah. yeah, when we, you know, how many I don't know, Picasso's or Beatles out there didn't get their chance to shine, or although maybe they had the potential just because of stuff like that
0: yeah so well it, 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 it's a be an interesting question with you know the le- very likely coming universal basic income like will that change people's equation and if 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 the way I think things are gonna go is even close to right I think you know money is going to start to be less of a thing that we measure ourselves by and so it will be interesting like will more of those artistic talents come out of the, of the woodwork or is it is it the ones that actually overcome this this work money requirement and and have the kind of pain of that you know like you can't have you know positive without suffering so you 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 wonder like will it will it produce more creativity or less it's going to be an interesting experiment can I ask you
1: have you watched the last season of Game of Thrones just just tell me yes it. yeah and yes or no
0: what do you mean yes or no did I like yeah, it Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, I, I I thought it ended great. I I didn't. I, I find it absolutely ridiculous that the internet in general thinks that they should be able to change the path of someone's fiction. And you know, these petitions online to to change the way the season end is just so silly to me. But um, yeah, I mean, of course there were of course there were story story parts that I was a little disappointed in. But this was someone's creative vision, and that was the way they wanted to take it. And um, you know, they there's a this is like trying to say you understand what's going on, say in the White House. Like, there's just so much going on behind the scenes of what they're trying to to accomplish with the show, and you know w- w- what George R. R. Martin asked them to do. Like, I, I don't know how much guidance he gave them as to what he thinks he's doing with the books. He may not even know, mm-hmm. but I, I'm sure there were a lot of difficult decisions they had to make. And you know, people are finding all these things to critique about. Oh, they should have done ten shows or what? But I mean, they they still pretty much produced the amount for ten shows, so I don't think that would have changed anything. So I think it's really hard to, to judge what these guys were going through on whatever, I think it was a $20 million production for the final season or something. But
1: but there are little sloppy moments in the season definitely. I don't know. Uh, Sure, yeah, yeah, sure. What we are doing here and how many times we go for each episode and just two of us, actually it's you and 20% of me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and right. it's so it's an, it's incredibly hard to create something that makes sense from the beginning to really the end hard, yes but uh, with these guys the la- especially this last season there are there were some moments in the first couple of episodes that from my point of view as also as a person who creates fiction sort of was like okay this is Something they will obviously use later because you know that famous uh, the, uh, technique yeah, yeah. of a chekhov if, if there's gun. A, there's a gun. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they didn't. And it's and to me, some of the moments seemed like
0: there were there were certain things. That, like t- to me, the only things that ever bothered me are when something goes completely out of character for the moment. It's it's you know it's one thing the way you know the the arc of Daenerys turned out like. But I, I think they were giving you all those signs. I think that's probably the thing people are most upset about. But when things happen out of character, to me, that as a, a fiction writer with the podcast, you know, like yourself, we really try to patch those up. So I would say those are the things that we, we we, get stuck on a couple of those in each of our discussions where a character will do something and you and I will disagree about whether or not that character would do it. Mm-hmm. and. I think th- I think there were several of those flaws. I mean, the, the the one obvious one was when Cersei had was up on the wall and could have killed Tyrion and all of them because she had control of the situation, and that was totally in her character to do that, and she didn't do it. So yeah, there, there were some things I'm just, but I'm not going to sign a petition to say they should change that. <laughs> but I mean, I I, th- I thought that last episode was was solid. I thought it was a. An interesting twist the way they ended it and they they wrapped up a lot of things that i didn't think they were going to be be able to wrap up it got a little too hollywood for my my interest but you know i thought it was a you know an amazing television show overall for you know probably the probably the most impressive series i've ever seen on on a streaming type service so i I thought it was great and i'm I'm, I'm also i'm also reading the book so i'll be interested to see where he takes it from here Mm -hmm.
1: if he finishes it (laughs) if he finishes yeah yeah
0: he takes his time and, and you know it, it pays off. So, mm, well, yeah,
1: definitely, and that's the whole point, actually. Except if you're uh, Stephen King and you write.
0: So 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 besides the uh, besides the, uh, the the things you didn't like, how did you feel about the way it wrapped up?
1: Mm, to to me, it just felt oh, we need to wrap it up. Uh, I don't. Yeah. It was too fast. It was just too fast.
0: It was definitely fast. Yeah, I agree with that. All the
1: building up and then. To me, I imagine it as, a, you know, somebody's hyping up some crazy roller coaster that's, I don't know, 100 miles away from your home, and everybody's talking about that roller coaster, and then you get there, and it just makes you sick.
0: Yeah, I, 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 just, I do feel like that's just the, the reality of a production of that scale trying to take on a story of that scale. Like, you know, HBO has to make a decision, or whoever made these decisions about... When it was going to end, and yeah, maybe they could have extended another still, but we don't know the we don't know the financial implications of of extending it another season, and maybe there weren't maybe it wasn't possible. Well, I don't like think so. Would you lost really the think show. so that
1: on the financial part? Because as far as I know, Martin and the two guys, two Ds, had a discussion mm-hmm. on how many seasons, and Martin had to like negotiate to have eight because they apparently have other projects, like Star Wars and stuff like that, and they just mm-hmm. want to move on. Which, on that note, yeah. I can understand them as well, but after you're creating the same project for 12 years, or how
0: much, you know? Yeah, because it can, it will it will likely start to suffer, so they, they may have been making the best, it could have got even worse if yeah, they yeah. did another I'm season. just guessing that <laughs> so. I can
1: understand if they got bored. You know, because for, for a regular, right. you know, for a person who is, isn't in that business, you would think, oh, but you're writing Game of Thrones, you know, for the last 12 years. How can you get sick of it? But you can. You can get sick of anything. And I can understand that part. It might be some uh, somewhat selfish, but ob- objectively looking at it, I can co- totally understand if after. As I said, I don't know. you probably know better. But it is more than 10 years as far as the show goes. And yeah, you want to move on. But it's a shame. I yeah. mean, to me, as far as TV shows go, Breaking Bad is king of TV shows when it comes to the story and how everything is just makes sense, you know. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: But but like compare, yeah. I just can't compare the scale. No, definitely. Like, yeah. To me, to me, the the scale of the like I I read the first three books by the time I'd mostly finished the watching the series, and you know they stayed very close in my opinion in the, in the first three series and it is a very very complicated story like reading the books is is complicated like there's so many characters and families or whatever and i just think they did an amazing job with it so to me i can't even compare it to something like breaking bad yeah the breaking breaking bad story was cool it had you know, an amazing lead character i thought some of the side characters were a little mm-hmm. corny but you know but it was good it was good story good writing and it did you know, keep you on the edge of your seat from season to season, but I just can't compare it to the to the scale of, of Game of Thrones and, 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 and see them as even being in the same league.
1: Well, to me, it's, um, I don't know, sometimes, to, to me at least, when it comes to writing, quantity doesn't always matter. You know, you either, what's easier, to write a story where you have just one character or write a story where you have 20 characters and 20 possibilities instead of one? you know what is easier and what is harder in in writing yeah yeah well i mean i, I think that quantity yeah. i don't i don't it definitely impacts but it's not the you know the main the sole element of what's easier what's harder and so on i guess we need to create a season where we have 100 characters and then see how, <laughs> how it goes
0: <laughs> two two or three characters is plenty for now <laughs> move on to just a couple final questions that could get you in mm-hmm, trouble sure so um can you either confirm or deny that you were offered ayahuasca uh to go on an ayahuasca trip as a bonus for mm-hmm. working on the evolve faster podcast oh
1: no i can completely confirm that and i will
0: <laughs> save a recording of
1: that uh but yeah yeah i never told you about that but i was so pleasantly surprised when i i think Yasinka told me or did you tell me first i don't know
0: and I was so I can't remember I I, I can't remember I just asked yeah her. yeah yeah so yeah just just to, just to, uh, I, we have uh, we have a you know he, he's Antonio's an employee still on, on upwork and you know if we can make the, the the podcast kind of financially stable on its own then become more of a creative collaborator but I just wanted to do something nice for him because he, he I knew he put in a lot of time and so I asked, his girlfriend, by um, email, if she thought because she had done an ayahuasca experience, I explained my own in the last uh, episode of the of this podcast, and I asked her if that would be something that she thought Antonio would want to do. So we went back and forth about it, and she thought it would be something he'd really be interested in. So that's how that's how this started, and I, and I offered it to him as a bonus if it was something he would want to do, mm. uh, <laughs>
1: and I had to decline it not because I. Didn't like, but what I want to actually say, let me just fin- wrap up
0: what I want to say, is I was so pleasantly with medicine. By the way, let's let's correct this. Is this is not this is I was not paying with yeah, drugs. This was a this was a a, a a spiritual experience I was offering to yeah to. But uh, to me, have you take a look inside? Uh, as
1: I said, when I found out that you want to pay that for me, I was so, just so genuinely. You know, it made my heart feel warm. I I, I, re- I really appreciated the the offer and everything. And I it says although I didn't go in the end because I had my doubts and fears.
0: Yeah, and and I and I was glad you're honest about that. Just because just because I was offering to to do it, I certainly didn't want you to think you have to because it's not something I would push anyone into. It's something you have to just want to explore on your own. Mm-hmm. So I was glad you were honest about it and. The offer still stands in the future if it if it becomes something you want to
1: do. Yeah, undo. but as I said, when I first heard that you're offering that, it was like, ah, yeah, I really appreciate it. It's a, it's that, a strange that. it's
0: a strange place to work. The the evolve faster podcast. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, yeah. so, uh, so, and any other um, you know crazy life experiments or anything you want to uh, to end with here, and we'll uh, then we'll then we'll wrap up this episode.
1: Crazy life experiences. Well, there are plenty of them, but uh, I think it's better for some other when we have a specific topic or something, you know, I, I mean, I have some. Yeah, we could do that. But when we, let's say if you want me, if you invite me to some episode where there's like a specific existential topic or something, mm-hmm. then we can share those crazy stories. Cool.
0: Well, well, we'll hold that off for, and maybe we'll do one of these at the as a recap of, of each season and we can... Maybe next time, since we're, we're done talking about ourselves specifically, now we can. Uh, next time, we'll just go through the episodes of the previous season and just kind of talk about some of the meanings behind it and some anything that I don't talk about in the other Ask Me Anything episodes. Well, cool. This has been fun. Thanks for listening. And we will uh, see you guys in the next episode, which will be um, behind the podcast for uh, episode EF3. So yeah, people
1: continue listening to us and support sharing is caring. Take care, take care.
0: The evolve faster podcast is written, produced and performed by Scott Ely. Many episodes are also co-written with the help of Antonio Rosich. It takes an enormous effort to produce all the quality original content needed for this podcast. Your support would be greatly appreciated, and you can learn about multiple ways to do so by going to evolvefaster.com forward slash subscribe. Here you'll find direct links to review and give the podcast five stars on key platforms like iTunes and share it on social media. These are free to do, but are critical to audience growth. And the only way to find out about new seasons is to register your email, so please do so. You will only receive valuable content and information on upcoming seasons and products. And finally, if you're benefiting from the Evolve Faster podcast, direct financial support at whatever amount you can afford is important for our survival. Running ads on a channel for free thinking content is an inherent conflict of interest. So if you want the podcast content, to remain unhindered by commercial interests and stay edgy and raw, then direct support is the best and only path to content independence. Also, writing and production of each episode of the Evolve Faster podcast is a major undertaking spanning many months. It's a labor of love, but it does need your help to survive. So please consider becoming a subscriber at evolvefaster.com forward slash subscribe. Your help and support are greatly appreciated and are what makes this podcast possible. Isn't it time for an upgrade? It's time to evolve faster.